Welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This podcast is all about tabletop gaming in small proportions. Now here are your hosts, Andy Lennox and game designer Jason Katarski. Hello and welcome to the 20 Minutes of Filler Podcast, episode number 36, the tiny epic games tiny epic podcast oh i was trying to be clever and i lost my mind i lost my mind if you haven't guessed we have a special guest with us today but first let me before we tell you who that special guest is since you probably have no idea uh i'll tell you who i am i am jason kotarski i'm andy lennox and we like to talk about great little games little games so okay we'll get to it because we got 20 minutes ish uh, if you listen to our last episode you know that that is a very liberal time frame but um we here want to uh, welcome a uh, friend and super prolific game designer of the tiny epic series of games mr scott alms hey guys thanks for having Damn me on yeah go team go Go me being here (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna get weird isn't it um hey we're glad to have you scott so we're gonna get to um kind of a little bit about uh looking under the 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 hood of scott's game designs and kind of his games that are out there and scott's games that have been published um so we'll we'll get to that in a minute, but first we we just want to catch up on what we've been playing lately. So Andy, what what have uh, what have you been playing since this new year has begun? Lots of Red Seven, lots of uh, Eggs and Empires, and we've talked at length about those games. But a new one I got got to the table was Imperial Assault. This is final or uh, Fantasy Flight's new big box game. Uh, it's a crazy, enormous minis campaign thing, sort of based on the descent system. Um, it's really, it's it's been really fun. There's the missions are pretty quick, so you can get in a play. The setup's horrendous, but the missions are pretty quick, and um, it's like how, really, how quick is pretty quick? Like we did, we did one in about a half hour, and as soon as we were oh, done, wow. we're like, we got to do the next one. Wow. Like they're all very, they're very small, but pack a little there's like one like sort of tactical thing you need to do and then when you hit the end of the mission you can you kind of get choices of like whether you've passed or failed you can do different things so you can go on side missions if you want or you can continue with the story and if you pass you go to one mission if you fail you have like a different thing to do in in the other mission uh i did not buy this game uh but my friend did and we're gonna try and work our way through the campaign and i'll keep you guys updated it's super super fun though dude let me tell you what guess what happened i got that game in the mail today are you kidding yeah i totally i totally stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit i mean star wars is totally my comfort zone but then let me know let me know when you play because uh i know how to play so awesome awesome. i read through the tutorial and i wasn't too overwhelmed and then i spent about 30 minutes playing with the atsd figure so i figured (laughs) i've already got my value (laughs) uh super cool looking games are great yeah um so yeah i have a couple guys who who have committed to like a maybe once or twice a month kind of evening game of this who, who are not like super heavy gamers but um one of them's in the board games and they're one of them doesn't care about star wars but like they're like yeah let's do that it'll be fun man and i'm like all right cool now i have just justified spending the money that i'm about to spend on this game <laughs> but yeah so that's that one's fun uh what have you been playing scott 
Oh, so uh, a lot of prototypes, but we'll talk about those later. Yeah. So uh, the got a couple games over the holidays new to the table, and uh, the one I've probably been enjoying the most is uh, Camel Up. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the Spiel they are, um, and it's super fun. I I don't know. Whenever it got released, I was kind of a little so-so. Uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but it is a fun, light little gambling game, and it's uh, I've played it all the way up to eight players, and it's it's a blast. I, I really enjoy it. It's over in 20 to 30 minutes. It's just a lot of fun. And the camels stacking up is oh, it's just very enjoyable. <laughs> that adds for some humorous moments for sure. Yeah, that game, oh, yeah. We're, we're big fans of that game here on the show. That that game gets lots of love. Cause it, and, it, and I think it's well-deserved. It's, it's, a, it's a blast to play. Um, very good, very good. Anything else? Any other... Games you didn't design oh, that you've been playing. Just just got Scoville in the mail, and it is gorgeous looking. Uh, it's by Tasty Minstrel Game. Uh, Ed Marriott's the designer. And Who's Josh one of the oh. who, Ed Marriott? I'm sorry to interrupt. One of the nicest guys ever. So uh, super cool. Continue. <laughs> yeah. And who's the art by? Uh, Josh Capel. Yeah. Uh, and I, I worked with him in the past, and this is probably his best looking game yet. It is. It is just high quality through and through, and it's. Uh, it's it's fun. It's easy to learn, but it has a lot of strategic decisions. Uh, you're growing peppers in the game, and it's uh has a nice color mechanic where you're crossbreeding peppers in order to blend the colors and uh, fulfill demand and auctions. And it's oh, uh, it's it's very good. Oh yeah, the, and these and these these custom uh these custom pepper meeples with the indented pepper impressions on the actual game board. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> that is some awesome production value. Have you seen yeah. this, Andy? Have you seen that Is game? there like a nerd crisis where people don't know what to call pepper meeples because they'd actually be <laughs> called peoples? <laughs> oh my goodness. We have a support group. Uh, we, meet, <laughs> we meet every Tuesday. Uh, to brainstorm some way yeah. to like call this thing. <laughs> yeah, so far we're going with pet peoples, but it's... Uh, that might be uh, awkward. That might just be awkward enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it, 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 is, it is a crisis. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, most of us We're have not slept of... since the game came out. We're running out of Epo prefixes. Yeah. This is a problem. This is a, a, a real problem. Um, so here's what I've been playing. The, the Dice Hate Me Rabbits game. We, we had Chris on. Uh, Chris Kirkman oh, from Dice Hate Me came and talked uh, to us about these games. And these are the small box games that Dice Hate Me is putting out. They put out six at once through this, this kind of crazy, ambitious Kickstarter. Uh, and there's a few of those that I've gotten to the table lately that, man, just sweet games. Like, I love Easy Breezy Travel Agency. A nice kind of economic trying to match up travelers with their destinations in this kind of like market of rising and falling prices you're doing an agent trying to make the most money by uh j j alex cavern made that one and it's, it's you made it sound really complicated but it's like just the smoothest yeah. playing card game it's, it reminds me of like a cosmos style game like a cosmos two player series game it plays with four players but um two to four uh, wonderful game beautiful art uh i believe daryl lauder did the graphic design for that one uh Man, that's a fun one. It's it's one of my favorites of the bunch. But then I got um, Brewcrafters, the travel card game by Ben Rossett, to the table. And it's kind of this neat uh, set collection, engine building, kind of special ability engine is what you're building as you play this game. Where you, where you play these equipment or people to your brewery that give you some different options for scoring higher on certain kind of blends of... Uh, uh, 
beers that you're brewing. So I haven't played the big box brewcrafters yet, but I really enjoy um, brewcrafters, which which works best. Uh, I guess it, it's I've only played it with two or three, but there's a partnership variant for four players. But that's a super fun fun game. You're a beer guy, aren't you, Scott? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, so have you have you gotten into um, brewcrafters at all? I haven't played the big one, but I have the travel card game. I also got the Rabbit series. Nice. Uh, and one thing that I'm pretty impressed about the series is that there's a little bit of everything in it. Because Easy Breezy is very easy breezy to learn. Yeah. And, and then it goes off. Then you have, like, the fittest, which is very social. Oh, which I played uh, that one, too. And that is, oh, oh man, Andy, you're going to love it. Really? Yeah, Bruce... I've, I've been eyeballing that one. It, I, it was overwhelming to get six games in the mail. I've, like, not had time <laughs> to get them all to the table yeah. yet. Yep. Yeah, and then like Brewcrafters has that kind of engine building lit, and then there's of course uh, Isle of Trains, which is uh, could not have been designed by anything else, anyone other than Seth Jaffe. Because I did get that is... one to the table, and it is really good. Like that is just it is it's so deep for how tiny it is. That's awesome. yeah, and I feel like oh, it's just good. It's it's brain burning in a good way. That's the only one. That's the only one I haven't played. It's brain warming. (laughs) It's the only one that came with two pages of rules to it. Seriously, everything else was comfortable on just one page, and then well, that's Seth for you. Uh, Yeah, I like my small games. That was that was too uh, too big with that second page of rules. So that one scared me off until I can really spend some serious time digging into that. That's a good one. That's a good one. Awesome. I love yep. the art for that one too. Oh, oh, that's the best part. It looks like those like golden books from when I was yep. a kid. Totally, yeah. totally awesome. All these uh, games look great in their own way, and they've been a blast to play. The one, the one other game I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot is Zitternix. Have I ever talked about Zitternix on the show, Andy? No, I have no idea never what heard that about. word no? spoken. Isn't before. it wonderful? Well, it's a hobby game, right? Uh, so it's probably German for something, but it's essentially like a 3D pickup sticks where there's all these three different colors of sticks and they're bound by a wooden ring. They're not really bound until you bind them, but you, you hold the wooden ring up, up horizontal. You slide all the sticks in the middle of the ring and you let it kind of fall like TP style. So like it's kind of standing up now. Uh, like a napkin ring. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. an ring. So then okay. you you roll a colored die, and it tells you which color of a stick you have to pull out without making that thing fall down. Oh. And I've been playing it a lot, a lot, because, believe it or not, my two-year-old is nuts for this game. Oh, that's awesome. Like, she, she said, Daddy, we play games. So I, like, go to my closet, and I find <laughs> one, and I'm like, I think she'll do this. We're going to match some colors here. She can do this. And um, she can match the colors and pull out the right colored stick. And when it falls over, she gets super excited. So there's some scoring, too. Uh, there's, like, three different sizes of sticks. So, like, if you get a certain amount, like, these are worth one, these are worth two, these are worth three. But we just play whoever knocks it over loses. And really, when you're playing with a two-year-old, you're winning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everybody's winning. So, I need to get this because I want to play something with I, both my girls. I, I found this at a thrift store for 99 cents. I tell you what, it's beautiful, too. Um, so we're playing this game, and... I, I'm I'm trying to get her to to say the names of the colors. She's her language is exploding, but like so she rolled the die and it's it's blue, right? And I'm like, what color is that? And she goes, and, and she looks at me. So I give her the b b b sound, and she looks at me. She goes b red. <laughs> <laughs> but then and then she grabs the blue one. Like she knows which one is the right color, but the words like the names of them, they're just there's everything is blue. 
and I would so just own her at that game. Dude, you would rock her. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's pretty awesome because about this is about the time that I started playing games with my older daughter who's almost 6 now um when she was 2 and I can already see that like uh Cora gets it. So she's she's in. She's my new little gaming Proud buddy. gaming daddy. We we seriously play that game 8 8 or 9 times in a row and I I was like getting tired of the game and she's like no again more, 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 more. <laughs> and i'm like you're the perfect child <laughs> even though i'm exhausted you're ready to go nice <laughs> all right scott we don't have you here just to talk about how cute my kids are but we could if that's you know what everybody's feeling like um so instead though let's uh let's talk about you man let's talk about you're a game designer right you do some of that i've dabbled yes Maybe a little bit here and there <laughs> i want you in order of publication up to this date Name the games that you have designed. All right. So, uh. <laughs> Can he do it? Folks? Can he do it? I'm watching your board game geek page right this instant. <laughs> oh, oh, the pressure's on. <laughs> so, it's a trivia show now. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we got Martian Dice and Kings of Air and Steam. Those were my first two out by Tasty Minstrel Games. Uh, and then we let off with, uh, Tiny Epic Kingdoms, uh, an early. See that was oh that was just last year 2014, mm-hmm. uh, Bigfoot by Game Salute, uh, which is a nice little two-player deduction game, of Mice and Lemmings with Sprocket Games, which is a party game for up to eight players with some hidden roles and trick taking. Uh, later on that year, we had Tiny Epic Defenders, uh, which is the thematic sequel to Tiny Epic Kingdoms, but completely different mechanics. It's a cooperative game, and then I had uh, Harbor with. Uh, with Tasty Minstrel Games again, uh, running theme of me working with Gamelin and Tasty Minstrel quite a bit. They're both good groups of people. And then right now we have a Tiny Epic Galaxies up on Kickstarter. Which uh, is making some serious waves. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that one in, in just a minute. <laughs> um, but the big question that I want to ask, so, so far all of your games have been um, through the Kickstarter pipeline. Uh, except for Merchandise. Oh, except for Merchandise, right, right. But Tasty Minstrel did kickstart Kings of Aaron's Steam. Correct. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so most of your games have been through the Kickstarter. And I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be the game designer that has made almost one million... You haven't made this money. Your games have made almost one million dollars on Kickstarter in the last two to three years. It's pretty It's pretty crazy <laughs> and surreal, really. Because one thing about kickstarter is that it's such a community thing so uh whenever a game kind of really takes off i mean people are in the comments threads talking about it and you see the names like you you actually feel the people kind of backing your game and it's i don't know a little overwhelming i i mean right now i can't really comprehend the support we're getting behind this and it's just been flattering and fantastic uh yeah, I mean, it's it's great. <laughs> I I really like the Kickstarter process because it's it's such a good back and forth. And normally we do like a print and play as well with it. And uh, people were playing the game at the same time they're funding the game. And we're having a back and forth about the design, about the concepts. And it's it's like an ongoing conversation as we're funding the game. And it's just very fun. It's exhausting, but it's fun. Absolutely. That's perfect, dude. Exhausting and fun. That is Kickstarter for uh, from a creator standpoint, for sure. Yeah. 
yeah, you're, you know, your games have a lot of variety too, and it seems that the, that more of them lean towards the smaller in size. Not necessarily smaller in depth, because there's a lot going on, um, a lot of variability, a lot of thought behind, the, especially your tiny epic games, which have really been your, your most well-received uh, uh, games. They, they've all done uh, well in their own kind of niches. Um, what... What, how do you approach that? Like, how do you approach like what kind of game you're gonna make? Um, what you what do you like to make? Do you feel like you have like a a an area that you like to focus on? Well, I, I do like to make a lot of a little bit of everything. I mean, I play a pretty wide variety of games on my own. Uh, I know the only thing I don't really play is the really heavy stuff or really heavy war games, just because no one else I know really plays them. So don't get to the table. But uh, I mean, I I like the filler kinds. I like two-player games. I I like getting everything to the table. But my, my I do lean towards small box games, and that's because I like to travel so much. Uh, being able to throw something in a small box in a carry-on bag is convenient. Like, uh, Ticket to Ride is awesome, but it's really hard to take on a plane with you if you want to bring <laughs> pants with you. Uh, so having like a small box game, I I like, which is kind of unfortunate because, I mean, it's it's not very, well, a, a lot of times publishers will make the box a little bit bigger, so you claim the shelf space in the store, which you kind of have to have the box size justify the price. That always drives me a little bit insane because I always want the box to be as absolutely tiny as it possibly be. <laughs> I want there to be no air in the box whenever you close that lid. But, so, I mean, certainly recently that seems to be uh, what I've been working in the most. Uh, the community has been really responding to small box games, and I, I have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and the plus side for them too is, you can do prototypes for them very easily. Uh, I, I could build prototypes for like probably six tiny epic games in the time it took me to do one prototype for Kings of Aaron Steam. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. From getting it from idea to like an iteration is is so quick when you're working with 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 games that take up a small footprint. Um, I knew I knew there was something I liked about you, Scott. That <laughs> that very much resonates with me. Like I go to game stores and I like ignore the big wall of games because I go yep. to the little end cap where all the teeny tiny games are because that's all I can a afford and b fit in my backpack and sneak into my house without my wife knowing that I bought a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's not true. She she and she finds out eventually. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that small stack of games by the cash register. All those small <laughs> box, tuck box games. I'm like, those those are the ones I'm looking at. <laughs> That's awesome. The Tiny Epic series seems to take the take some like the larger game experiences, like a fantasy 4x or a sci-fi 4x game or a big cooperative game, and sort of boil them down to their essential elements and and really like deliver the same experience in a very small package in a smaller amount of time. Like, is that, has that been like the way you approach all the time, the, the, the tiny Epic series or is it, or is it been just more organic or is it that, or is that part of the brand? Uh, it was pretty organic uh, because really the only one I had planned was tiny Epic kingdoms at the beginning. And uh, it's cause I, I wanted to do a micro game uh, cause I like small box games. And I kind of set a personal challenge of making the biggest type of game into a micro game. So I thought to myself, what's the biggest type of game? A 4X game. I'm like, I'm going to turn that into a small box game. Mm. And then 
one of the things we kind of discovered as we were playing it and I was testing it was that it's uh it served as kind of an introduction to that genre. It had the elements of that genre, but it was kind of a way to get into 4X games for people who don't normally have the time. And as we've continued the series, I've tried to keep that in mind as I design. So like uh Tiny Epic Defenders is a very good first cooperative game. And Tiny Epic Galaxies is a very good first kind of dicey Euro game. Uh, we hopefully by the end of the series, I mean, well, if it ever actually ends. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I'm it, sorry, it, man, it, but you might be stuck for I, a long time. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Gamelin Michael, Gamelin's Michael Co. is hoping that it never ever ends. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking to you guys on one of my like hour of rec time before I have to go back to my d- design dungeon that Michael keeps me in. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, as we've kind of, Tiny Epic Kingdoms took off, and we looked at ourselves, and we were kind of like, you know, we kind of have something special here. Michael and I both have a passion for these small box games, uh, and we we knew we wanted to take it other places. Tiny Epic, we knew we could kind of turn into a brand, and what we wanted to explore was kind of a little bit of everything that gaming has to offer. We wanted to not only have the game serve as introductions to different genres, different mechanics, but also just say something different as we do those mechanics. So it's it's been a very fun kind of sandbox to play in as we've been going on. That's awesome. Well, your work is paying off, uh, and, and, and your publisher, uh, Michael Coe's work is paying off too, because these games are connecting with people in, in some awesome ways. So let's talk about um, Tiny Epic Galaxies a little bit. So, so far, you're about six days at the time of this recording. You're about six days into the campaign. Uh, you have 6,734 backers at this moment, $216,406 pledged towards this little $16 game. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Congratulations. That's, that's huge. Oh, thank you. Um, you, you, I know that in like the third day, Michael said that you guys passed the, the entire, um, funding goal, the, the funding threshold that you reached for Tiny Epic Defenders. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that was really that was really surreal. Uh, I mean, it it's it's really I mean the community that we kind of got from Tiny Epic Kingdoms and Defenders. I mean they they they've been following the series, and they just trusted us with that. And I mean I I can't really say thank you enough with that because I mean it's I mean they're pledging their money, their time, uh, they're taking time out of their day to come say hi in the comments, uh, posting on on Board Game Geek, and it's just amazing to have this kind of support behind us because with kickstarter i mean it's the community that makes you big i mean you not you can't do it on your own <laughs> right right that's a huge huge part of it so um why don't you give us like the quick um the quick pitch for for tiny epic galaxies what's that all about okay so in tiny epic galaxy uh you are growing your galaxy by colonizing planets expanding your empire and competing against other players to have the most galactic power by the end of the game. Uh, the central mechanic is a dice comboing system. Uh, you have a handful of dice that you roll at the beginning of every round. And the neat thing about it is that every face of the die is a unique action. So what order you play these actions in or using some of your resources to kind of tweak the dice a little bit is going to set up your turn. So you're able to pull off some pretty cool combos if you play things in the right order you're able to colonize planets. Uh, every time you colonize a planet, you get special actions, and it's uh, 
has very European style mechanics. Uh, has dice, but has a lot of way, a lot of ways to mitigate that dice, and it it plays in about thirty minutes. Awesome, sounds very fun, and it's sixteen bucks uh, plus plus shipping, and you're gonna get a whole lot of game because there's like a bajillion stretch goals already unlocked for this game, and twenty four uh, days left to go. So so make sure to check that out. So another question we always ask on the show is, what is your favorite filler? Oh, so I think my favorite filler would have to be for sale. Uh, solid, solid choice. Yeah, absolutely. It's so easy to teach. And actually, when I play it, I normally teach. It has two phases of the game, and I normally teach each phase individually. I don't know if you guys do the same when you play it, but I normally teach the first phase. You're bidding on all the different houses, and then I teach. And you don't the even mention phase. the second phase until you get there. <laughs> no, that's a good way to do it. No, it and then. Is. I mean, it only takes like 20 minutes to play. So the second time, they're with it. They're in it. Yeah. And so. it most most often people want to play that game again because it's so good. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great, great choice. You heard it. Scott Alms, designer of all the games, likes <laughs> for sale. <laughs> Hey, um, <laughs> as we uh, as we uh, as we wrap up here, I just want to take a minute to talk about some green couch games news. Do you mind sticking around for that, Scott? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So first of all, Fidelitas, uh, the news is that on the 7th of January, there was a boat that docked containing a what's that thing called that we put all of them on? It's the thing that it's cargo the, ship? a cargo container. Filled with boxes upon boxes of Fidelitas. So they have arrived on the U.S. shores, and they were, last I heard, they are waiting to clear customs, which sometimes takes uh, up to a week, and there's been some slowdowns at the docks because of some strikes and stuff. But after that, it'll be making its way to the warehouse and out to the backers, so hopefully folks will start seeing stuff at the end of January, beginning of February. That's really, really big news, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Huge news. I can't even think of any news that would be bigger than that. Well, you know what? Here is here is some gigantic news. Thanks for what? asking. That. Thanks, thanks for mentioning that, Andy. Because we are ready to announce the next great little game that makes great big connections. That's coming from Green Couch Games. Can you and, guess who made it? Uh, <laughs> I, it wasn't me this time. It wasn't it, me either. It wasn't Philip DeBerry. It wasn't Andy Lennox. <laughs> But it was the man, the myth, the designer of all the games, Scott Holmes. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we're publishing a game together. Yeah. It's awesome. Why don't you tell it, people what that game is called? It's called Best Tree House Ever. It is a light filler game uh, about building a tree house. Uh, uses drafting mechanics. Uh, at the end of the game, everyone's going to have their own custom tree house with all kind of wacky rooms and it's it's fantastic it's light can be played with families uh plays in 15 minutes and everyone's gonna dig it It as art by adam mcgyver who's knocking things out of the park oh my goodness Uh, i can't wait to have i so i played a prototype of this and i cannot wait to have my tree house with all the little rooms in it oh my gosh (laughs) it's gonna be so cool a childhood yeah. dream come true. Yeah, seriously. seriously. <laughs> That's what you can put on the Kickstarter page. Andy Lennox says, it's a childhood dream come true. <laughs> oh, no, that's going on the box front and center. <laughs> right over my name. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. 
yeah this game this game like as soon as uh scott scott called me about this game and said check this out i i fell hard for it it's a game that that i i can you can play with two players i played it with my wife a ton i played it with my in-laws and they enjoyed it i played it with my five-year-old daughter who beat me by luck <laughs> By one stinking point, um, <laughs> it, it has such a, a wide audience, and, it, and it's kind of like along the. If you like drafting games, stuff like Fairy Tale, you know, Seven Wonders is definitely lighter than Seven Wonders. Um, it's it's around that level of something like Sushi Go, but instead of just collecting sets in Sushi Go, you're actually using the cards to build something. Like you're actually going to be laying these cards in a way that you're building this tree as you go, and and it's so rewarding to sit back and check that out at the end of the game. But, uh, yeah, so that's the big news. Green Couch Games is proud to announce that we are working with Scott to bring Best Treehouse Ever to the market. So we're going to do that on Kickstarter. Fantastic. Yeah, Kickstarter uh, mid-March, probably. I think the, the date that I have in mind right now is March 20th. So I've got a couple months. We're going to start getting stuff out to reviewers soon. I'm going to have copies at the Unpubs Game Festival uh, next uh, in a, next at the beginning of February in a few weeks. So I'll be getting some kind of, you know, doing some final play testing and getting some feedback from people to really kind of get everything locked in. But we're, we're going to be up and running with this game. And I hope you guys really, really love it. Because uh, when Scott came to me with this game, I just... I thought this is a green couch game. This is is a great little game, uh, so I, I'm really excited about that. So thank you, Scott, for bringing that game to us, and we're looking forward to working with you more and seeing how it goes. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I, I think it's going to turn out great. Uh, yeah, can't wait till March. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I've got a lot of work to do before March, so let's wait a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just going to be putting my feet up until then, so just let me know when it's up on Kickstarter. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'll bring you a bowl of grapes, and I'll fan you and all that stuff. And I don't Yeah, know. that was in my contract, I think. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> well, hey, guys, thank you for listening to uh, this awesome stuff that's going on with Scott and to the cool stuff that's going on with Green Couch Games. And we hope that you guys... Uh, get out there and play more great little games. I am Jason Katarski. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Katarski. I'm Andy Lennox. You can find me at Andy underscore Lennox. Where can people find you, Scott? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's Scott underscore Alms. Uh, last name is A-L-M-E-S. And uh, I'm there chatting all the time, so come say hi. Awesome. And hey, you can find more great podcasts at Dicetowernetwork.com. Until next time, be excellent to each other. Party on, dude. Ha, 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 ha.